inspired by the Canadian Federation of the Blind. Outlook, a show about accessibility, advocacy, and equality. I'm Brian. And I'm Carrie. And we're two siblings who happen to be blind. Outlook. Radio Western. And hello. Welcome everybody to Outlook here this morning on the 25th of July, 2022. Final week here of Disability Pride Month. All of July, we've been talking about that. And yeah, a little bit of a different setup today, Care. I'm, uh, I'm Brian here and I'm in, in the studio, but Care, you're, uh, you're back home in Woodstock. Hello. Yes, yes we can hear you nice and clear. Yeah, I'm I'm doing it from my different location today, trying to see what our options are, you know, in COVID and coming out of it, just for different ways of doing the show. And uh, we got a great guest today, like you said, final week of Disability Pride Month. But yeah, I'm here in my own little home studio. Yeah, we never know, like in the winter, what might happen eventually. You always have to come in, it's about 45 minutes away, so it might not always be possible. So it's nice to have these options for to still be able to host a live show. Exactly. But yeah, let's uh, let's get right into today's guest because I think we have a lot to talk about. This is a very exciting uh, guest we have today by the name of Laura Legendary. Laura is a speaker, author, educator, and entrepreneur specializing in accessibility advocacy and assistive technology. Also the owner of Elegant Insights Braille Creations. And we'll have Laura talk a lot more about that throughout today's episode. Welcome to Outlook, Laura. Well, hello. Hello to you both. I'm delighted to be here. Thank you so much for inviting me. So where are you calling in from there, Laura? I'm in Las Vegas. Wow. wow. Yeah. Another, another Pacific time zone. It's a, an early morning for you there. So thanks so much for getting out of bed it early and then coming on the show today. Absolutely. It's my pleasure. Yes. And as I, I said, uh, we're talking jewelry today, kind of a summery um, feeling, I think. And uh, while well, people are enjoying the uh, middle of summer here. And uh, so, yeah, I, I came across Laura's jewelry a couple of years ago and uh, I wanted to say we'll give you a lot of chance to talk about some of the promotions you've got going on and coming up. Um, and uh, but I I came across it uh, about on Facebook, like I come across many things. And uh, I saw this charm that was for your mother uh, for Mother's Day, so I ended up purchasing that for her. So it's a butterfly that says "Mom" in Braille. And we're going to talk about accessible jewelry today. Uh, but that's how I kind of got introduced to your stuff there, Laura. So you make beautiful things. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate that. Yeah, so I guess if you want to quickly start, we're going to get a little bit into before your your uh, amazing business that you, you seem to put so much time and work into. I know you've recently celebrated a 10th year anniversary, so that's great. It's hard to keep these things, I think, going, going, and especially when you are has have such a small company there. So we'll definitely uh, get into that in detail. But if you want to kind of start by promoting that and give people a couple of places to check you out online, that, that'd be great. Oh, sure. You know, I just want to say thank you to your audience who are tuning in today. If you'd like to follow along while we're chatting about my various products and services, you're welcome to find my business, which is called Elegant Insights at Elegant Insights Jewelry. 
dot com. So it's HTTPS colon slash slash elegant insights. And be sure to put the S at the end. It's plural. Elegant insights jewelry. J-E-W-E-L-R-Y dot com. Yes, and uh, I think you said somewhere that uh, you put the S on insights because you have more than one. And <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I wasn't going to say that this time because I say it all the time. We were thinking but the same yes, thing. I we're like, should, should, should our show be called Outlooks instead of Outlook? Because it's not just one Outlook. But, uh, <laughs> yes, I like to say it's elegant insights, plural, because I'd like to think I have more than one. But um, it, it, it is part of the URL. It's part of the name. So elegantinsightsjewelry.com. And I would invite you also to check out the homepage. You can subscribe to my newsletter. I publish a blog, which is a separate sign up. And you don't have to order anything online. If you're not uh, tech fluent or tech savvy, I publish our phone number right on our homepage and you are always welcome to call because as I say, we speak human. So I don't have any problem taking phone orders or answering questions. So feel free to call or drop by the website. I think that's so great that you have those options because I think sometimes in this new digital age, sometimes people kind of forget about the past. And I think it's important to have all these options. And, you know, not everybody is going to be as fluent with technology and that's okay. We all have different skill sets and, and different ways of communicating that work best for us. So it's great that you have those options because, of course, here on Outlook, we're all about accessibility. Well, in, in fact, accessibility is the reason I decided to run the business that way. I mean, it's true that in this day and age, so many business owners kind of hide behind their website. They're, they may be, you know, some people may not be, a, they may not be a people person. And so they don't want to deal with the public, you know, to which I would question, why are you in business if you don't want to deal with the public? But some people don't want to. But I love talking to people and I love building a relationship with my customers and I encourage people to call. And it's part of the accessibility piece that I want to make my products and services and myself as accessible as possible. Because in my opinion, that is part of providing excellent customer service. Right on. Yeah. I mean, uh, like Brian said, not everybody is tech savvy, but I know in your bio, it says, um, mentions assistive technology. Um, and so before we get into access, uh, Elliot insights, maybe do you want to tell us a bit about yourself, uh, before the company that you now run, uh, you know, growing up or anything, uh, how you got into, you know, accessibility and technology and how that led you to kind of braille designs? Sure. Well, as you already mentioned, my name is Laura. I am blind as the result of an eye disease called retinitis pigmentosa, which is a couple of really long words. And some of your listeners may be familiar with it, but for those who are not, it's a congenital degenerative disease of the retina. I was diagnosed when I was a teenager, although I had been misdiagnosed prior to that. I was born legally blind, but no one could figure out why my vision continued to deteriorate. I was considered severely myopic, but when I couldn't pass my driver's test and I was really starting to have difficulty 
uh, in school and accomplishing tasks. And I think the, um, the big alarm bell was once everyone realized that I couldn't see at night. I think that was the telltale sign that there was something more serious going on. And then it was a couple of years later after going to doctor after doctor that I finally received the diagnosis of retinitis pigmentosa. And my vision had long since already been deteriorating. Uh, by the time I got to college, I was really having trouble functioning. I majored in music in college. I was a music major and a theater minor, which is difficult because I was struggling to read sheet music and I couldn't audition for parts that required that I do a cold reading which means you're given a script at the moment you audition. You don't get a chance to memorize it first. And I wasn't able to read a script extemporaneously. So I struggled throughout college. And after my college career, I stumbled into the computer business because I didn't think I was going to be able to continue as a musician. I was actually a vocal performance major. And so I was a classically trained opera singer, if you can believe that. Wow. And when I realized I probably wasn't going to have a music or theater career, I swerved into the computer business. And that's really where I got my start. And of course, almost right away, it was clear to me that very little about the digital world was accessible. And that got me started down the path to being an advocate for people with disabilities. Wow. Yeah. And I mean, we talk a lot about different blindness conditions just to help people understand. And RP is a common, I mean, we've talked about it before and some of the telltale symptoms that people get, night blindness and a few things. Uh, but these things usually lead to making it harder and harder to, you know, look at screens and do work, depending what's what level of school you're in at the time or what job you're in, what you're doing. So that that's a common enough thing. And so then it's great when people sort of seek out ways of of getting around that you know if, if you can't see the screen people sometimes go on and on and, and give themselves headaches trying to strain to look so then you go out and explore what other you know technology options are out there you know one of the most difficult things i found about coping with rp was the fact that it was always changing my vision was in a constant state of deterioration as it is the case for most people. And things I could do one day, it seemed I could not do the next. And constantly adapting to my changing circumstances was incredibly stressful. And it, it's, I can, you know, I can only imagine that it's the case for other people as well. And having to constantly cope with you know, the changing landscape of what you're able to do one day and not the next. It's fatiguing, it's demoralizing, it's difficult. And it was, it was a rough road. I almost feel that now that I'm completely blind, things are easier because now I know 
quantitatively and qualitatively what I'm dealing with. And I was able to attend an adult school for the blind after college where I learned my independent living skills and braille skills and cane mobility skills and so on. And it was just an amazing life changing time for me because I then began to live my life as a blind person rather than a sighted person who was trying to cope with vision loss. So I think that's when I realized the benefit of seeking help, even if you're not quite sure you need to use a white cane yet, or even if you're not quite sure you're ready to read, to learn to read braille. These skills are so valuable. And I really think that even though I still had some remaining vision, I was able to lead my life so much more independently having acquired those skills. And if you have an opportunity, if someone in your audience has an opportunity to go to an independent living center or school for the blind or get orientation and mobility training, I encourage you avail yourself of this training because it is so valuable. Yeah, I'm so glad that you you bring all of that stuff up and it's such a great uh, perspective and, and experience to, to uh, illustrate to our listeners here because we talk often on the show about the spectrum of, of, of blindness and how, you know, visual impairment or whatever, whatever somebody prefers to call it. But Carrie can kind of relate to that in what you're saying there more so than me because I was born blind. I have, I'm pretty much totally blind. I do have a bit of light perception, but that's about it. So it's always been the same for me, whereas Carrie's vision has fluctuated and gotten much worse in, in over time. So she can definitely relate to that more. And I see your point for sure. If you're, if you're, once you're totally blind, it's kind of set and you know where you're at and you're just working to, to find how to, to live the world as a blind person. But when you're in that in-between part, which so many people are, it's really hard because it's constantly in flux and it's not, it's not stable. So you kind of don't know what to expect. That's the, that is so true. And also people, you know, we tend to forget about how we interact with other people. Before I used a white cane, I would go into a store and was regarded with suspicion because I was having to peer closely at things or I would have to pick something up in order to identify it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I would get followed around in a shopping mall. I would get you know, accosted in a store and and followed around. And when you're crossing a street, you know, a casual observer may not necessarily know that you have low vision. And so if you stumble or trip over the curb at the, you know, at the other side of the corner or whatever it may be, people can't glance at you and realize the issue that you're dealing with and having a white cane identifies you to others so that as long as the observer knows what a white cane is for it makes life so much easier because people are more likely to assist you it's easier to ask for help if you need it and it interacting with other people is so much easier because they too realize, you know, what the limitations are, what, what they're dealing with, what they may need to do to help you. I just found that having those skills made my life so much easier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, when you're low vision people, either you, you know, you're afraid to use the tools. So then, like you said, you don't appear blind to someone and they, you know, they don't, 
they won't take it seriously enough or some people get accused of you know i've heard a lot of stories of of faking it or make you know making it more wor- worse than it is you know if somebody's judging you holding a phone and they assume you couldn't do that if you were blind so they make a judgment right there and so i can see uh, you know some of the things that you share with our audience and with us today that you've been through on that journey and it's great to share that because people might be newly if they're newly going through it it's something it kind of helps to hear and vision loss can look like so many other things is it vision loss is it fatigue is it hearing loss is it a memory or cognitive issue? You know, at first glance, someone may not be able to determine exactly why you're struggling with something. So having some way to identify yourself as a person with vision loss or someone who's blind, it just makes every interaction so much smoother. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And you also talk about the, the, the blindness skills that we, we focus on a lot on this show. And unfortunately, we, we do talk here in Canada where it still seems to be a little bit harder to obtain these skills in the same way that the U.S. has these training centers. And you talk about having that, going to that as an adult and having the, these skills learned. And it's, it is so important, and it, especially to try to get on, on them before you truly need them so that you have a basis for, for, these, for these, all these tools that are out there. But it's hard, you know, when you're going through that transition it's such a can be a gradual thing so people don't it's hard to accept sometimes and it's hard to jump right into those things if you don't think you need it you know we all just want to fit in and, and not have to deal with this stuff but you know if, if you if you start dealing with it earlier then when you do maybe eventually lose your, your vision more and more you'll already have kind of the groundwork and you know that's easier sometimes said than done but we're definitely trying to kind of change that here in Canada and make give more options here but you say there that you said there that you were totally blind at this point so it's always a weird kind of question to word but we have some of those people like how much can you see or whatever so are you are you pretty much completely blind then then at this point yes mm-hmm. okay yeah it's mm-hmm. always interesting to, to think about that because yeah like i said I, i've never experienced that it's been the same for me so i can't i can't imagine what that would be like but and i have to say that i have more confidence now as a person who's blind than I did when I was having to cope with the day-to-day fluctuations in my eyesight. Right. It, you know, it always kept me off balance. It always kept me unsure. It always, uh, you know, I always felt like everything was a struggle. Now, everything is so much easier because I don't have to worry about anything changing. And I just feel so much more comfortable in my own skin. Yeah, and it's about language, as we say, and these tools like a white cane, as we've talked about here today so far on the show with Laura Legendary, is like, you know, the cane is not a symbol of pity like everyone often thinks. It's a tool for freedom and mobility and and confidence. And uh, so, yeah, that's great. Um, Thanks for sharing that. And, uh, you know, I hear, you know, how you talk about your passion for music and then you move to technology. So how did you get to Braille? Then maybe we'll move on to... Well, I first learned my Braille skills at the School for the Blind that I mentioned before. I have never achieved true Braille fluency. I use Braille all over my house. I use Braille for labeling. I use Braille for identification. I use Braille for a lot of things, including my products, obviously. But I don't use Braille to leisure read. So, you know, I can 
stumble through a menu at a restaurant, but I can't do it quickly. If you want me to place an order anytime between now and the next three hours, <laughs> I'll, be, I'll be happy to read a braille menu, but, but pack your patience if you're one of the wait staff. But I use braille mostly for labeling and identification. So my braille fluency isn't great, um, but what started me on Elegant Insights was actually due to a gift I received when I was struggling through a difficult time in my life. My husband of less than six months passed away unexpectedly and I was devastated. I was inconsolable and I really had a difficult time coping with his death just a few months after we married and we were still receiving wedding gifts. I hadn't even finished changing my name. Mm -hmm. We were still, you know, practically had just returned from our honeymoon. Mm -hmm. And I was in such a state of grief that I really honestly wanted to go right after him. I had no interest in continuing on after my husband's passing and my family, understandably concerned, wanted me to attend grief counseling, which I did not wish to do, but they dragged me kicking and screaming to a to a grief counseling group. And at the end of the multi-month sessions, we had a little graduation ceremony. And during the graduation ceremony, we spoke, you know, words of love about our our loved ones who we lost. And we had a little candle lighting and I was given a little gift. Someone pressed a little something into the palm of my hand. And it was a worry stone, literally a stone like a river rock. And she said it's engraved with the word survivor. And so I was running my fingers over the little stone and I could feel with my fingernails that there was an etching or an engraving in the stone. And of course, I couldn't see it. And so she said, now flip it over. And I flipped the stone over in the palm of my hand. And to my surprise, the word survivor was written in Braille on the reverse side of the little stone. And I was so overwhelmed with emotion and so consumed with the thoughtfulness and, and the gratitude that I felt that, you know, somebody would think to do something like that just for me, knowing that I wouldn't be able to read the inscription on the stone, that they took the time to, however they did it, I mean, I still don't know, I assumed it's a maybe it's a braille labeler and they stuck a piece of braille tape on there. I have no idea. I never did look at it that closely, but I was so moved by the fact that they would think of me and want to give me a gift that I could read, not just an engraving in, in alpha text, but in braille. And as I was turning the little stone over and over in my hand, I was thinking, I wonder if there's a way I can drill a hole in this and put it on a chain and wear it around my neck as a little memento or keepsake. And all of a sudden, the entire concept of braille jewelry 
came to me in a single flash of inspiration. And I could not get home fast enough. I raced to my computer and I sat there and spent the rest of the day and night banging out the business plan, the marketing plan. I knew the name of the business. I knew the type of products I wanted to carry. I knew the product descriptions that I wanted to propose. I started writing and writing and writing. And I had an entire business model ready to present to the world. All I had to do was find a way to actually create Braille jewelry. And I assumed that somebody else was already doing it, that I would simply be able to buy it from somewhere and sell it on a website. But I soon discovered that while there were other options out there, no one was selling anything that, that I wanted. And I realized that if I was going to sell a line of beautiful Braille jewelry and accessories, it was going to have to be something that I created to my own specifications in the, in the styles and with the aesthetic that I wanted. And that was the beginning of a, a two-year period where I was doing research and developing my product line. And in 2011, Elegant Insights Braille Creation was launched. Awesome. Yeah, like the themes today, I kind of think from, from your story and what, what can we get gleaned from it is, you know, about the diff- different kinds of grief in life, whether you're losing a partner or you're losing, um, you know, in a sense of who you used to be. If, you know, if you're experiencing disability, everybody can relate to this, even if it's not, you know, specifically RP that someone's dealing with. And also, I wanted to definitely just ask you about this part of the, you know, the creation of the business, because, you know, I think jewelry is a tactile experience. It's accessorizing and things and it, you know, how it makes you feel, but uh, it's, it's a tactile process and making it is, it sounds like for you and, and holding it in your hand and remembering a loved one or whatever that might be. And so I think Braille fits in perfectly to that sort of thing. And even listeners today who aren't blind, consider checking out uh, Elegant Insights Braille Creations because, you know, it might just be an added thing for anybody. And if you're newly learning Braille, like just getting a little charm, like I got my mother that just says M-O-M. That's enough of a way to start learning it. Yeah, and it's, it's just really oh. great to see the Braille being more incorporated into these mainstream products. Like you say, when you, when you began this, you know, over 10 years ago, it wasn't, and that's often how a business or something can start where it's like, I'm not finding what I want out there. And I'm sure other people would want this too, you know, it's, it's a, so, so then I'm going to create it. And that's just such a, such a state, uh, place to take and really step up and, and do such a thing. And it's great. You know, it's, uh, it's, it's so awesome. We've, we've had, I, design on the show recently. I'm not sure if you've heard of them, but they, you know, designed shirts with Braille on them. And, th- and again, it's the same as the jewelry where sure it has Braille, but it's, it's anyone could, could purchase this. It's a, it's a unique product for anyone, even if you aren't blind. So I think that's also a great point. Well, I have to say that jewelry has a special place in my life because I'm a bit of a jewelry collector, as is all of the women in my family. So we like to say we have the jewelry gene. So I was already partial to jewelry before this. And so once I launched the business, I I knew how I wanted to des- how I wanted to design the products and what style 
I, I wanted to design with and how I wanted to position the products because it meant more to me than just throwing Braille on something that was already made and calling it done. I wanted to, to, to actually design a line of jewelry that told a story where Braille was just part of the story. And it's a beautiful design element. It adds texture and contrast, and it's beautiful to look at. So it's visually as well as tactually appealing, in my opinion. And I designed my jewelry line around it in so many unique ways that I think it's it's more than just making a statement about what you value. It's advocating for braille literacy. It's saying something that's important to you that you can enjoy. After all, if someone gives you, let's say a heart that says, I love you, that's engraved, you know, that's a wonderful sentiment, but you can't really fully enjoy it. But if it says, I love you in braille, you'll never let that sentiment get away from you because it's at your fingertips. Yeah, and I think you know we're so used to growing up in the in the '90s for for us like most products not being accessible, and and our mom was very crafty, you know, adding braille to things. But it's so nice now to see these, like you talked about there, being braille being part of the design from the very beginning, not added on after. And that's like accessibility with everything. If if that's thought about from the very beginning, and products are designed accessible and with braille and all of these these elements, that's where we're trying to go rather than, you know, having to add Braille ourselves to to something after after the fact. So that is so great. And uh, really great discussion today here on Outlook. We're speaking with Laura Legendary, the owner of Elegant Insights Braille Creations, an online boutique, which offers a distinctive handcraft collection of jewelry and accessories embossed in Braille. Definitely go check out Elegant Insights Jewelry online, elegantinsightsjewelry.com. We're going to actually take a quick break here on Outlook, and we'll be right back with more about Elegant Insights today on the program. Outlook. On Radio Western. And welcome back to Outlook here today on Radio Western. We're speaking with Laura Legendary, owner of Elegant Insights Braille Creations. Thanks again, Laura, so much for coming on the program today. Of course, it's my pleasure. Thank you for having me. Yeah, so this hour, well, this half hour, half of the show, I will ask you about maybe if you want to share with our listeners some of the products coming out right now, uh, you know, some launches. Uh, but everything you told us before the um, ads there was was wonderful because it shows that you can feel sort of co- a cohesiveness when, when you um, check out your website uh, elegantinsightsjewelry.com because I think like you said you had a plan and you saw it you had a vision for it so it took a while to get it off the ground because my first problem was how am I going to do this mm-hmm. <laughs> I had run businesses before and honestly I thought that my biggest challenge would be who's going to like my designs not is running the business going to be a problem? Because since I had been an entrepreneur, I thought, well, the business part of it was a lock, no problem. Been there, done that. But what if people hate my jewelry? 
As it turns out, it was the opposite. People adored the jewelry, but uh, my challenges have been more business and administrative challenges, primarily, you know, building the website, making sure it was accessible for not only the customers, but for me as well. I think what so many people don't realize is while it's wonderful to make your products and services accessible for the end users, the authors or business owners or product um, designers, the people who are going to actually be working the back end of the business need to find processes and workflows that are accessible for them as well. And at the time, there was, back in 2011, there wasn't even such a thing as an accessible WordPress um, theme so Mm -hmm. that, you know, it would be easy for somebody to shop and it would also be accessible at the dashboard for the administrators of the website and finding inventory management and accounting. And there are so many aspects of running a business that aren't accessible for a business owner. And it makes you realize that the prevailing attitude, which is obviously ableist, is that, well, you know, how many blind people run their own businesses anyway? So why do we need to make anything accessible for them? Mm -hmm. Which is totally misplaced. So that was a frustrating aspect of my business when I first launched. And in fact, at one point I had to rebuild my website from scratch because the platform, the e-commerce platform, the actual shopping cart part of the platform that I was using became inaccessible and they weren't willing to make it accessible for my customers. So I had to abandon it and start all over again and rebuild my website five years into my business. So there are some aspects of running a business as a blind entrepreneur that can be incredibly frustrating, but actually offering my designs was not one of them. We made our debut at one of the national conventions here in the US and we had a booth at an exhibit hall and we were slammed. And I was very gratified by how many people loved our products. And I realized that, you know, I had something and that I was probably going to be able to continue and make a business out of it. And over the years, we've evolved. We now have quite a few products on the website. It's not just jewelry. We also offer quite a few accessories that are not necessarily jewelry related, as well as some gift items. So I'll describe some of them to you. Of course, we have items that are traditional jewelry like bracelets, necklaces, and earrings. But we also have accessories like mobility cane charms or purse charms. We offer braille embossed business card cases. We have bookmarks. We even have barware like wine glass charms and bottle or decanter identifiers. So we have quite a few different types of products on our website. We have excuse me, we have charms that you can wear and charms that your guide dog can wear. We have zipper pulls. We have key tags. We have jewelry and accessories for ladies and gentlemen. 
And the best way to shop with us is to go to our website, elegantinsightsjewelry.com. The items that we're featuring are right on the homepage, as well as the opt-ins for the newsletter and the blog. And if you tap on Shop the Boutique, that takes you to our product category page. And this is important because I've designed our products to fit a motif or a theme. For example, if you love all things autumn, oak leaves and maple leaves and pine cones and acorns and the beautiful warm burnished tones of forest green and burgundy wine, you will love our falling in leaf collection. And in that collection, you have traditional jewelry items as well as maybe a matching purse charm or a coordinating cane charm. If you absolutely adore anything having to do with the ocean, if you love sea life, you might Carrie like does. our sudden <laughs> <laughs> you might like our suddenly summer collection where we have all sorts of sea creatures, starfish, angelfish, seahorses, seashells, freshwater pearls and beautiful beachy colors or tropical turquoise and anything you could possibly want, a purse charm, a cane charm, adorable little earrings, uh, you know, a pendant necklace, anything that you can think of that you would want in a marine motif we have in the suddenly summer collection we even have a set of wine glass charms with sea creatures on them and of course almost everything on the website is embossed in braille and if you just want to shop for all of our earrings or only bracelets you can sort by that as well so if you go to the website select shop the boutique you could see all of the different jewelry vignettes or suites or jewelry stories as i sometimes refer to them where i'm telling a story about a theme or a motif and of course it's embossed in braille and most recently we bought an engraving machine and we can also offer items in precision engraving so if you have a bunch of friends some of whom are braille readers and some of whom are not or maybe you have a couple of children one of whom reads braille and the other does not you can buy them both the same item and we can do braille on one or alpha letter text on the other or if you have a person who has some vision loss and maybe they can read 24 point type but no smaller we can use a piece of sheet metal that's a little bit larger like something we might use for a bookmark for example which is six inches long by an inch wide and there's quite a bit more real estate on something like a bookmark where we can engrave something in a larger font size nice the only thing that we're restricted by with respect to braille is that as you know braille is big yeah so if you compare a braille cell to a standard alpha letter braille is much larger so on a charm for example that's about an inch wide like let's say i wanted to use a heart charm braille works out to be about four cells per inch And so the word love would fit, but the name Elizabeth would not fit. 
Mm-hmm. So when we design for Braille, we need to take into consideration whether or not we use a capital letter sign or a number sign or special characters or punctuation. We often use grade two Braille to save space. And so most of the products on our website that have Braille are single words or short phrases Right, because that's all that will fit. If you wanted something larger, we can do something like an ID style bracelet where you have a rectangular plaque that goes over the top of the wrist and secures with a chain. So, you know, we could even put Brian and Carrie on a bracelet uh, because we'd have more room on a longer piece of metal. One of our more popular items for the guys is our military style dog tags. And these are the exact same dog tags that the men and women of our armed forces wear. They're a rectangle with rounded corners and ours are stainless steel. And we have a couple of different sizes, one of which we use for a luggage tag. So it's big enough where you could put your name. We can engrave a phone number, um, you know, a little love note. People use our dog tags to send, you know, love notes and messages or song lyrics or Bible quotes. And we do a big custom business. So if you have, yeah, if you or your audience have something custom in mind, give us a call and we can help you bring your idea to life. That's yeah, and I, so, see, I so, see on your website, you have a you do you kind of feature. So you work with exactly, people. you know, if there's some people just want to add their own beads or charms or freshwater pearls or alpha letter characters to, you know, a pair of earrings or a, if they already have a, a chain and they kind of want to design their own jewelry, if they go to the, we call it hashtag you do you and um, you can build your own jewelry and create something that's your style. I love it. There's so much like you, you really illustrate, especially like starting a business is it is so hard to get, get the word out, but by having so many different products and something for everyone. I mean, I was looking through the the website this morning and just all those different collections are so neat to be able to sort things into categories and and everything. It's just, it's so amazing. And I think also the, uh, the fact that you talked there a little bit about the, the, uh, the administrative stuff of a business. And, And I think sometimes with, in so many areas in life, I think sometimes people see a final product and they don't always realize kind of what goes into the, the making of that or the business itself, how it, how it gets um, sorted on the back end. And nobody kind of thinks about that when they see a finished product, but there's so much that goes into this stuff. And I think it's so, it's so important to talk about that as well. It's really true, Brian. And the challenges for a blind or disabled entrepreneur are just endless. You know, things can be so much more challenging for us to begin with. But if you're going to take on running a business, you don't even realize what aspects of running a business are not accessible to you until you realize you can't do it. And one of the challenges I have is that I never want to hire anyone to do anything for me that I can't ultimately do myself because I don't ever want to be held hostage or have my business held hostage by someone who can see and accomplish a task that I can't do. So even though I have cited employees, I always have a backup plan. 
for oversight and supervision. And, you know, that's one of those cautionary things that I would advise any of your audience who's interested in starting their own business to consider. That's also so great because like you say, you know, it's, it's hard sometimes to find people and you got to work with what you have, but you want to have the option to get more and more blind people in, in, the, in these areas too. And I think it's not always about being the, the in front of things, it's in the, being in the back end and being more involved. So to have those positions accessible so that somebody sighted does it, but somebody who can't see could also do it. You know, it gives that flexibility in, in, the, in the business to be able to, you know, I don't know if you, if you have any other blind employees currently, but you know, even if you don't for future, you know, it's, it's great to have that option. Exactly. Yeah. And you, you are a busy lady, as we were sort of saying, you know, you got, you know, <laughs> Either blog Allegheny, and yeah, you got elegantinsights.com and in, in the store in front, and then you've got, you run two blogs. So elegantinsightsjewelry.com slash sparkle on. So sparkle on is kind of a bit of a, a theme I would imagine for you. And then you have the it is. accessible <laughs> what's, insights. What's the point of wearing jewelry if it's not going to sparkle and shine is kind of my, <laughs> my viewpoint. But, you know, you, I'm glad you brought that up because I wanted to invite your audience to subscribe to my newsletter, which is an opt-in newsletter, and the sign-up box is right on the homepage. But as for the blog, you know, there's a reason I have it as a separate sign-up, and it's because, you know, not everybody wants to be marketed to, which I understand. So the blog, though, is a little bit different because there I provide jewelry education because I want to demystify the process of buying jewelry. I want to take the intimidation out of it for people who are shopping, even if they're not shopping with me. If a person who is blind or low vision goes into a jewelry store, everything is underneath glass. And, you know, it's a certain distance away from how closely you can press your nose to the countertop. You know, you're you're bowing to the jewelry case as you're trying to see inside. And, you know, it requires that someone pull these items out so you can handle them. And it can be very intimidating. And there's a lot of jargon associated with jewelry. And I want to define some of those terms. I want to describe, for example, what the different carat types of gold is, what are some of the differences in the types of silver you can buy, how do you shop for a diamond, how do I know what's a good quality, how do I know what I'm buying, how do I know what I'm being taken advantage of. So the Sparkle On blog is actually educational in that I talk about jewelry trends, how to style your jewelry. I've written a couple of articles on famous pieces of jewelry like you know, the diamond that Lady Gaga wore on the Oscar celebration that was all anybody could talk about. Well, that and the sizzling chemistry between her and her co-star. <laughs> but this 30-carat monstrosity she was wearing around her neck, this giant heart pendant, you could see from space. And so a lot of people were asking questions about her jewelry. And so I wrote an article about that particular diamond and a couple of other famous museum pieces and that sort of thing. So if you're if you're just interested in getting a little bit of education about jewelry, there's a rich history there. And I've written a, a bunch of articles that you are welcome to browse or subscribe to on the web. And again, the sign up box for the blog is right on the homepage. Yeah, and awesome. I think I think it's great too because it's it's talking about the the tie between fashion 
and, and blindness. And I think a lot of people, sort of a stereotype out there to some degree is that, oh, you can't see. Why would you care about this stuff? Why would anyone care? And I think it's so important to, to educate and, and realize that, of course, everyone wants to, you know, be fashionable or in some way maybe, or at least people generally want to look good. And just because you can't see, that doesn't, that doesn't mean you don't, want to, you don't want to be fashionable. So I think it's just, it is so great to really dig deep and explain these things in greater detail to, to everyone. And to that end, Brian and Terry, I would also like to invite your listeners to check out my podcast, which is called The Fashionability Channel. And The Fashionability Channel is co-hosted by myself and a UK fashion blogger by the name of Emily Davison. And the two of us co-founded the Fashionability Channel podcast as a way to bring together people with disabilities and fashion. And we talk about skincare and hair care and fashion and beauty and applying cosmetics and how to dress for a job interview or how to dress for a fancy occasion or how to shop for the latest styles. And we also address issues like how the fashion industry can be more accessible to people with all sorts of disabilities. And it's a a wide ranging, ongoing conversation about fashion and beauty for people with disabilities. We've invited fashion designers who are blind on the program. We've talked to people who've launched their own fashion marketplaces just for people with disabilities, adaptive fashion marketplaces. Of course, I sometimes talk about jewelry, Um, Emily does a lot of charitable work in the UK uh, for the fashion industry. So the Fashionability Channel podcast is not a regular podcast like yours is. It's more of an intermittent whenever we have time. (laughs) We work on a podcast. So our schedule, unfortunately, isn't predictable. But you can either go to fashionabilitychannel.com or download it from iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. And we've been podcasting for five or six years now. Well, yeah, you can definitely tell in the way you speak and, you know, you're um, very well spoken. And so it's been great talking with you today on Outlook about fashion and accessibility and your jewelry, uh, elegant insights with an S, jewelry.com. Um, but I was going to ask, yeah, I mean, I was familiar with Emily. Uh, I think she might be one of the main people come, comes up. I think if you maybe Google you know, do blind women wear makeup? Because she has done a lot of makeup tutorials. Mm-hmm. Um, but she, so she has a YouTube channel and a blog. And yeah, she's uh, she's always out doing something and wearing something cool and hip. And so where mm-hmm. did you come into contact with her for this idea? I'm sorry, would you repeat that? Like, where did you, uh, how did you connect with her? Well, I, you know, fashionability originally started because I was looking for a way to expand my audience for Elegant Insights. And I, st- I wanted to start my own podcast just about jewelry. But then I thought, you know, is there enough there for me to talk about on a regular basis? I love that you say that and too, because wondered- that, that makes me think of your business where it's like, you, you jewelry is like a, a big part of it, but you also have other things. And it is, if you really want to get attention and get it, build an audience, it's so important to have, I think, a variety. And that, that's another example of that. Sorry to interrupt. I just wanted to Oh, no, but you're exactly right. And so I realized that I was going to have to talk about more than just jewelry, but I wanted to know what my potential audience was interested in. So I actually created a marketing survey 
And I sent it around thinking maybe I'd get a couple of responses and a couple of ideas. But in fact, I got an avalanche of responses about what was missing for people with disabilities from you know the fashion conversation. And I realized that I could open up the idea for the podcast well beyond jewelry. And I also realized that I didn't want to be the only voice. I wanted to invite collaborators. So I started searching for potential podcast partners. And I found Emily on Audioboo. Remember Audioboo? Or I now it's called Audio Boom. I don't even know if anyone uses it anymore, but it was an yeah, old audio platform. Yeah. And I, I found her there and I invited her to consider being a partner with me on this project. And she agreed. And so that's how we launched the Fashionability Channel. And we have quite a few different categories of topics we cover. And she's partnered with me from the beginning. And, um, you know, she's been a great source of information. So we have a UK audience as well as a US audience. Nice. And now, you know, so I found you and your jewelry somehow through Facebook. I also found uh, Emily that way and her blog and YouTube. And then I realized when I saw that Emily had this podcast out, this channel, that I made the connection between you and your business, Elegant Insights Jewelry, and her. And so that's funny how those connections are made. And uh, Yay! Go marketing! <laughs> <laughs> well, it's good to know that some of my efforts have paid off. At least you were able to find me. But, you know, I also wanted to invite your audience to a couple of events I have upcoming. And next month, August, this is the end of July. So next month, I have a shopping event called the Dog Days of Summer because that's when summer gets really long. You know, there's no holidays in August. It's long, it's hot, you know. The kids can't wait to get back to school. The parents can't wait to get rid of them. <laughs> you know, there's nothing exciting going on and the days are just, you know, lazy and they call it the dog days of summer because, well, there's a couple of different theories as to how the uh, the time period got its name, but it has something to do with the rise of the dog star in the sky. Or uh, There's all sorts of lore about the dog days of summer. But for the last several years, I've been doing a campaign around that time where I showcase all of my items just for dog lovers. I have doggy-themed jewelry. I have doggy charms. I have a doggy purse charm and a doggy cane charm. I have all sorts of doggy stuff. But this year I decided to invite some of my friends along who have businesses that just offer dog related products, whether it's toys, supplies, essentials, dog collars, dog lights, you know, all kinds of doggy related stuff. So on August 20th, whether you are a guide dog handler, a pet parent, or just a dog lover, Join me and my friends for a Dog Days of Summer shopping event. It will be via Zoom. So I'll be sending out the Zoom invitations to anyone who wants to attend. And it's an audio shopping event. So each vendor will have a scheduled time where they present their products. And then people can just shop as, you know, as the products are being presented, they can shop you know, via their website, they can give each vendor a call, uh, however is easy to shop for them. And that'll be a couple of hours on August 20th, but you can get more information. Just, you know, hit me up, go to my website. I'll be 
I'll be promoting the event. And second, I'd like to ask your listeners for some assistance in identifying entrepreneurs, small business entrepreneurs in Canada who have small businesses they would like to promote during a shopping event that I host called Let's Go Shopping. Yes, I've read and about this on, on the website as well. This Let's Go yeah, Shopping. Yeah, let's, let's Go Shopping is an online, virtual, audio-only shopping event that think of something like QVC or the Home Shopping Network. Right. Right. Yep. You know, you I have a, a scheduled time slot for every vendor. They present their products over Zoom and the audience tunes in by way of a single Zoom login. Yeah, it's done, yeah, these days. Yeah, and everybody can shop for, in this case, it'll be the holidays. So right. Let's Go Shopping will probably take place around the first week of November. I'm always looking for vendors outside the U.S. that ship internationally because we have listeners from all over the place. Yeah, and absolutely. And I've, I've been asked specifically for vendors from Canada. Oh, so if you are a small business owner, you don't have to be blind. You don't even right. have to be disabled. But if no. you are, I'm happy to promote you. Uh, the There is some eligibility, though. You have to be a standalone, individually owned and operated business where you control your own inventory. So people who sell Avon or if you're a product representative for another company, uh, if you are a, run an MLM or something like that, um, network marketing, those people are not eligible to participate. Uh, multinational corporations right. do not need my help. Right. But if you're a small business owner, get in touch. I'd love to feature you. I love awesome. it. We'll, uh, we'll continue to promote that on, on the show for sure, especially as it gets closer to November. And we'll definitely mention the, the August 20th Dog Days of Summer event as well. This time just flew by. We're, we're almost out of time here on Outlook. We've been speaking today with Laura, legendary owner of Elegant Insights Jewelry. You can find it at elegantinsightsjewelry.com. Engraved with Braille, so many products on the website. Didn't even get to talk about your logo, which I thought was great. Just the descriptions on your website, your logo in teal and purple with the yeah, words Elegant very, Insights beneath a graphical representation accessible. of the Braille letters E and I. So cool as E and I in Braille are actually in reverse. So each each of those letters is the reverse of the other. So that's a really neat idea. And that's for the, kind of what Out, Outlook is about. EI, right? That, right, that means that equi equitable and uh, inclusion. So that's what Outlook all, is all about. And that's why we talk to people like you, Laura. So thank you again. And happy to be a Aww. Canadian connection. Thank you for having me. It was so wonderful to be here. And thank you to the audience for listening. Yeah, you're, you're just the true definition of an entrepreneur. So enthusiastic, so much energy. You have so many so many things on the go. You wear so many hats and it's it's just great to have someone like this on the show. And I thought, just a quick end off, a really quick uh, question. If you just have any sort of thoughts on this at all, this is uh, actually the, the last week of Disability Pride Month. And have you thought about Disability Pride or maybe more specifically Blind Pride? And do you have any kind of quick thoughts on that to end off the show today? Well, I've actually designed a couple of Pride products on the website. So there it is. I have LGBTQ Pride and Disability Pride. I have two items. Both of them are cane charms on the website. And, uh, you know, one is more generically equality or disability pride. The other is more, you know, the rainbow motif for LGBTQ pride. 
Mm-hmm. So yes, I've thought about it. And, you know, we have an anniversary of the Americans with Disabilities Act here in the U.S. So your right. timing is perfect. Awesome. Yeah. So go to Elegant Insights with an S, jewelry.com, everybody, and check her out. And it's been great to meet you, Laura. And we'll talk again. You too. Thanks, Brian and Carrie. Thank you so much. Send us an email. Outlook on Radio Western at gmail.com. Find us on Twitter at Outlook CFB. And on Facebook, facebook.com slash Outlook on Radio Western.